1996, on a ski lift in Colorado, Deacon STV decided to resurrect a Victorian detective. We are the Deke Geeks, and today, judging by your demeanour, your age, and that thing on your head, we have deduced that you're listening to a podcast. We are the Deke Geeks, I'm Mark. I'm Avery. And this is the show where every two weeks uh, we take a look at one of the Deke catalogue of cartoons. Indeed, and this week is quite a doozy. Um, this one's an interesting one. Indeed. Uh, uh, I mean, you could argue that it's a um, an original property. Kind of, yeah. Kind of, kind and of. yet not. It's, it's sort of a spin-off of one property which goes so far to the point that it's pretty much his own thing. Yes, and this one is, of course, Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century. Indeed. Uh, did you ever see this one? Nope. No. I think I did, but I never remembered anything about it. Yeah, no. This, I, I've not seen this before, and of course the first thing that I did see was the incredible intro that it has, which um, kind yeah. of sets the tone for the series' music yeah. in general. In that it's not very good. Well, it's less that it's not very good, and it's more like it's supplied entirely by the demo song selection on Techno EJ. Yeah. Before we go too off topic, um, in that case, what do you remember about just general Sherlock Holmes media growing up? Growing up? None. I never really looked into it that much. I mean, I think the most that I ever got was... um, Reading Case Closed. <laughs> Fair enough. Which was, uh, of course, heavily inspired by uh, the work of Mr. Doyle, but it wasn't actually Sherlock Holmes, so there's that. Well, um, But apart from that, that's pretty much as far as I went with it. I've never really kind of read the books or anything. Um, be more more, more into uh, Praro. Praro? Praro? Agatha Christie's Dave Suchet, man. Yeah, that dude. That one. Ah, mon ami. Um, <laughs> Use the little Christmas. Uh, personally, I, uh, aside from the short period in which I was completely obsessed with private detectives, uh, which I think was... everyone has a period like that. Oh yeah, it's, it's like the dinosaur period, and yeah. The, uh... Although I never had that. Really? I, I was always a firm disbeliever of the dinosaurs as a kid until I realised. Yeah, and then I realised, like, oh, wait, this is actual science. And yeah. It was like, oh, oh, right, huh, okay. It's the fun bit of science when you're little. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know, I always thought that they didn't exist as a kid, which is interesting. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, but um, aside from that, I mostly remember the Sherlock Holmes holodeck episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> Ah, yes. I believe I've seen one of these um, episodes. Elementary Dear Data, I believe, yeah, is, that is the one you're That is indeed a, an episode. I like that episode. It was good. And, of course, there's the uh, the ITV Sherlock Holmes hmm. uh, that 
they just keep replaying and replaying and play replaying, yeah, which is fair enough. Because I believe I've good. seen one of those episodes. Uh, I think I once uh, went to the set of that Ooh, uh, nice. back when you could um, back when Granada had kind of an open set, yeah, yeah, theme park type thing going on. Mm. So it was and you could like visit the set of Curry and stuff. Yes, like that. but yeah. we didn't on that day because they were filming. Ah, <laughs> interesting. That's the problem with having an open set. Uh, <laughs> Yes, I can imagine. Have you actually seen the pictures of uh, what that Coronation Street set looks like now? No. Because it's all weird and overgrown and <laughs> abandoned. Weird. It's, ah, uh... right. Interesting. Everything is interesting. Yes, yes. Uh, but yes, back to our... Oh, uh... I suppose also I... This isn't childhood, but I have messed about with the uh, Sherlock Holmes FMV games. Well, that's true. Which also were a thing. Yes, yes. They're nicely made, to be fair, but bloody hard. Yeah, and then, of course, more recently, you've got things like... Um, the 3D well, ones. A, the Frogwares ones. Yeah. Which... Where you turn around and Watson is directly behind you, <laughs> yes. scaring you down. Yeah, uh, yeah. the Frogwares ones, which range from absolutely awful to... Actually, yeah, pretty good. Um... And, of course, uh, the Moffat Gatiss Sherlock and the uh, American series Elementary oh, are yeah, those kind of the current well. big incarnations of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. I mean, um, Sherlock Holmes is this huge character. And Deficit Cumberbatch, yeah. <laughs> it's huge. Yeah. Uh, it basically spins around, aside from the fact that he was huge and uh, influential and a one-of-a-kind thing in the uh, the 1880s. Mm. Uh, it's also the fact that, for the most part, the stories are in the public domain. Yeah. And therefore, you can do whatever the hell you like with them. Such as read them. Yeah, and adapt them and change them so that he is uh, resurrected in the 22nd century. Create audiobooks out of them. I kind of brought this all back to the topic at hand. Read them out to your grandparents. Specifically your grandparents? They're the ones who's going to remember them most. Shall we get on with Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century? Oh, go on. Okay, well, a little background. By 1983, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was fed up with his most famous creation. He had come to the conclusion that Sherlock Holmes, possibly the most popular fictional detective of all time, was distracting him from more serious literary efforts and that for the sake of his career and reputation, he must off the character for once and for all. During an extended trip touring Switzerland, he was inspired to throw Sherlock Holmes off of the Reichenbach waterfalls as the grand conclusion of the case that would be his greatest and final challenge, the apprehension of the criminal mastermind Professor Moriarty. 103 years later, during a skiing holiday in Aspen, Colorado, Scottish television executive Sandy Ross had his own idea for the fate of Sherlock Holmes. He pitched the idea for a sci-fi Sherlock Holmes series whilst on a ski lift with his deep counterpart, Robbie London, who immediately loved the idea. Within a few months, they had agreed to a co-development deal, and by August of the same year, the show bible was complete. Unusually for a joint production, the two teams were generally on the same page. You always start off in co-production with this dread in your stomach of what compromises you're going to have to make and how much trouble that's going to be, said Robbie London in a statement to Kid Screen. 
It hasn't been that way at all. The show premiered on the 6th of May 1999 and lasted for two series for a total of 26 episodes. It is currently available from the Scottish television website. So what do you reckon? Bit of an interesting one? Yeah, it is a bit of an interesting one, isn't it? It's, um... I think the theme music, as bad as it is, uh, correctly sets you up, like, mood-wise, <laughs> for what you're in for, really. As Just in... this really bizarre kind of nuts trek through reviving Sherlock Holmes and bringing him back to the 22nd century where everything is all futuristic and shit. Yeah, yeah. The the premise to this is that a mad geneticist clones Professor Moriarty to which Inspector Lestrade's uh, direct descendant resurrects Sherlock Holmes and uh, to solve cases in the 22nd century alongside a robot that decides that it is Watson for no particular reason. Yeah, just kind of like, I'm sentient now, deal with it. I'm, yeah, hello, I mean, I'm Watson. She has been calling him, well, it. She has been calling it Watson uh, for ages at this point and then just demands that uh, it read the, uh, the journals of... Uh, Dr. Watson, after which point it suddenly decides it's Watson and it's, just acts like it's Watson. It's very inspired by Mr. Doyle's fine writing and by Mr. Doyle's, I mean, Mr. Watson's fine writing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, of course, in this... Here's the baffling thing. In this uh, world, the the whole Sherlock Holmes thing isn't fiction, right? Right. So... That means that the journals of Dr. Watson, which are supposedly um, a implied to be a family secret, mm. aren't public. But they would be public because this is a big old Sherlock Holmes museum dedicated yeah. to him, so they would have found it after Watson's death. Either that or before Watson's death, he well, no, gave they, it to they the were and handed she... down to the Lestrades, I believe. Mm. So thus <laughs> Lestrade has it, and thus... Just give it to the robot, John. Hey, there you go. Well, yes, I get that, but yeah. how come everyone else knows who Sherlock Holmes is? Because uh, there's, there's literally a museum. Yeah. That was there. Fair enough. Fair it's, enough. That's kind of the reason why the museum is there, with the plot purpose of this is why everyone knows who Sherlock is. Yeah, I guess and that And also, kind of literally, works. in his time, he was literally the greatest detective. That's pretty notable. Yeah, that is fair. That is fair. I think. <laughs> Let's just call it fair and move on. Yeah, I mean, aside from my confusion over that, um, this is unusually something where the world actually works here. Although there are certainly some elements of it that um, were they made today, you would start questioning whether this um, weird sci-fi world was kind of a dystopia and that maybe Moriarty was the good guy. Yeah, it's certainly is made out that way in certain cases. I mean, the fact that it's always perpetually this really dark, moody place. Well, yes, but I mean, that's more the... That's more the Blade Runner influence, Yeah, it? it's gaining... It's the gathering of the sci-fi aesthetic, the sci-fi dystopian aesthetic, uh, the cyberpunk aesthetic, to be precise. Yeah. And that's more down to it being a PlayStation 1 era uh, 
game game a series inspired by I mean, many it, of the it's, same it's, it's late 90s which excuses the music it excuses the early 3d cgi the, the stuff it's it's nothing too bad techno. i mean for what it's worth the 3d cgi looks pretty dang nice oh the 3d cgi and um, it's also integrated pretty well with the 2d animation yeah the 3d uh, stuff is quite impressive considering how cheaply this would have been made. I mean, it was made for Scottish television. Yeah. Uh, and they only made 26 episodes of it total, so it can't have been that high a budget. Um, but, I mean, aside from, say, uh, the f- Future Armor, I guess, would be the next thing to use the 3D. Uh... It wasn't really as noticeable, though, because the 3D looked exactly the same as the 2D. Yeah, Future Armor is the point of... Whereas it actually is noticeable between 3D and 2D in this. I mean, Future Armor is where they finally crack it, really, isn't it? You just about tell that it's bits of 3D and bits of 2D, whereas this you can clearly see that some of them are renders and... Well, are renders in quite a different art style, and then there's the... uh, the animated cartoons. Mm. But, I mean, for something made cheaply a year before that, this isn't bad. So basically in this weird future sort of dystopia, but not actually implied to be a dystopia, um, other than the fact that they've got a crime wave, but that's why they need Sherlock Holmes, it's kind of... They they brainwash criminals. Yeah, it's that is definitely the dystopia part of it. Yeah, they they, they wash the criminal tendencies out of. Yeah, people. they literally remove they zap it. their brains. Yeah, and that's kind of weird and unsettling, and the show doesn't realise that that's weird and unsettling. Yeah, yeah, that's very. Hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely like sci-fi horror material right there. Yeah, like that's some Twilight Zone shit. That's the kind of thing that you'd have as the... uh, You'd get a turning point from the heroes after about 15 minutes into it and they become the resistance in anything else. Mm. Uh, I mean, even Arnold Schwarzenegger would have fought against that as a... uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, if this was made today, this would be... this is weird. I am saying something about a Deke show if this was made today and you could actually see them making something like this today. But it'd be a lot slower and it would have a lot more discussion of the uh, the idea that this is a dystopia. It would also take itself a lot more seriously and have a better name for it. Well, that's true. <laughs> because, I mean, honestly, otherwise I can't really see it happening today. It's It is purely a product of the late 90s, early 2000s. It is just... It's smeared in that early 2000s taint. That's fair. It has early 2000s taint all over it. But you can definitely see... Drowning in it. (laughs) You can definitely see this turning up again more than you could see, say, uh, um, Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats. I mean, well, the thing is, is that Heathcliff and the Cadillac Cats was basically just ripping on Garfield and Friends. Nope, all the way around, remember? It was basically ripping on Garfield and Friends. <laughs> and um, Just before that actually happened. And it was just ripping on Garfield and Friends. <laughs> I, I just... You don't really see those kind of funny cat cartoon type shows anymore. Yeah, but like, you definitely... The thing is, is like generally kids nowadays want a bit more substance to their cartoons yeah, and, you... and such. Hence, and yet 
this world, this this world that we barely explore, but is definitely pictured. The thing is, as is if you explored society. it more and have and did it a bit more seriously, you would end up with an adult TV show that was yeah more of a I guess warning the for the future. You you would just end up with a fucking Twilight Zone episode. No, no, not really Twilight Zone. More, um, oh god, what was that time traveling show? Sorry, I'm naming. I'm describing about three dozen shows in the last thing in which a cop time travels uh Um, no um i saw it on netflix and i can't remember what it's called okay cool let's let's skip that then but yeah they you you could definitely see this being a concept in a uh proper prime time show yeah for sure sure. these days uh, where it would be explored uh very deeply for a series and then be cancelled uh immediately because it's too expensive to produce like um almost human was (laughs) Was it like, almost m- human? like most shows are, to be quite honest with you. Oh, um, well, no. I, I, here's the thing. Almost Human, if I'm remembering the correct title, was J.J. Abrams' uh, In the Future, a uh, detective teams up with a human-like uh, robot cop. Hmm. And Is his name Robert? No, He's I can't... Robert Cop. No, I can't remember what his name was. Robert Cop. Robert Cop. But uh, it had this very vivid, uh, very interesting view of the future and just looked astonishing. Right. But, of course, it cost so much to make that it there was just no way it could get enough viewers to sustain itself and therefore was cancelled after 13 episodes. Okay. I mean, it reminded me of Being Human. <laughs> I'll be honest, that's what I thought of when you said uh, no, TV that's, show. That's, that's, the, that's the, the werewolf, the vampire and the ghost, isn't it? Yes, it is, on BBC Three. Uh, but we're massively off topic again. This isn't the... Ah, one. well, it's a podcast that always happens. Don't well, worry, let's true. keep going. But this is the one where we minimally go off topic as opposed to the one <laughs> Attempt where we go... Attempt to. Attempt to. Off topic, massively. Um... So let's talk about the characters. I mm, okay, sure. <laughs> okay, Sherlock Holmes. We all know who knows Sherlock Holmes is. Yep, it's Sherlock. He's got a nice hat. He's a bit rude to women occasionally because well, he's that's Victorian. Because he, yeah, he's Victorian, and they kind of kept his whole. Um, yeah, he's a bit of an arsehole. Yeah, but it surpri- I mean, it surprised me very much for a children's show, but this. Rather than resorting simply to action scenes, this show really does go through the entire. Ha! I deduce this from your, from these very many tiny oh, yeah. clues. Yeah, there, which is it's cool. It's how, yeah, it's how you do a. It's at like, least it wouldn't be Sherlock Holmes if you didn't do that. Sherlock Holmes, and yeah. yet there are so many Sherlock Holmes that doesn't do it properly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the fact that it is proper Sherlock Holmes, even though it is set in this far-flung future dystopia cyberpunk setting. I would say my only problem with it is um, his appearance, like his hairstyle, isn't quite what I would put on Sherlock Holmes, personally. No, no. It's a bit too modern, for one thing. Yeah, a bit too 90s. Yeah, it, it doesn't really fit my kind of image of Sherlock Holmes, this kind of middle-aged, like kind of rugged man yes it does short hair but he's like very classy robe on like oh hello yes uh, yeah it meanwhile watson fits quite... the bill perfectly you mean the robot <laughs> no i mean <laughs> both both yeah both um i mean even sherlock agrees that the robot fits because he's uh similarly pot-bellied <laughs> 
That's true. Complete with the belly pads. <laughs> um, Watson, it's an interesting Watson. The, yeah. the whole robot thing. I would have preferred it if he didn't have a human head. Yeah, and in the, in the first episode, they uh, introduced this weird technology called the Elasto Mask, which is basically this weird kind of ring that you can put over your head and it'll make you look like someone else. It's an interesting little device, to say the least. Well, it's also um, very useful for mystery stories because it kind of gives you a Scooby-Doo kind of... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Haha, that's... the villain is not who we, <laughs> we thought he was. Um, but yeah, that's introduced in episode one to uh, prove to Lestrade by the chief constable that anyone can really impersonate anyone else because of it. Um, but in episode two, uh, Lestrade's little companion... Robot companion uh, Watson, who later becomes Sherlock's companion Watson, not so gains a shut up, gains a elastic mask of his own to make him look like Watson, yeah, the human being, and it looks really bizarre and weird, and I'm not sure I really like it because he looked cuter without it. I think this was a mistake personally. I think design-wise, they should have kept him looking like a faceless robot, but put him in the bowler hat and suit. Yes, yes, I agree. Like, the putting him in the, in the Watson outfit, but not having the Elastomaz could have been cuter. Well, it, it would have... Um... Can you imagine that little face? Just from an oh. aesthetic point of view, it would get the, the whole sci-fi thing across more... Just more interestingly, visually. Because he looks like a dude in a power suit. Yeah, either that or a cyborg. Of. It just doesn't Which, work. I guess, kind of does it, but I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, but it, it doesn't tell you what he is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is an issue. Mm. Plus, it'd be a hell of a lot easier to animate him if he didn't actually have facial expressions. <laughs> also, just looked cuter in general without the mask. <laughs> robots are cute, hello. I counted two cute robots in this, in the, in, in the sample that we watched. Yeah. There's a bit of statistics for you. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's Sherlock and Watson. Uh, Lestrade. It's Lestrade. She's a police woman. Uh, she's she's she does a thing. She, she goes she... stop, and then she's also voiced by um, the same woman who did the voice of Lieutenant Liu in uh, Alienators, and is basically the same character. Yeah, basically for the most part. Uh, she Slightly is... more likable. Yes. Um, Better written, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that generally speaks to everything about this series. It's quite well written for a uh, a children's TV series from the late 90s. Mm. Uh, her job is mostly to kick down doors. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the one main thing you see her doing. There's a door there and it can't open. Get Lestrade on the case, you'll fucking knock it down. Uh, and also to be berated by her chief uh, as being basically a loose cannon. <laughs> You're on a line, Lestrade. She's a loose... She's just loose... She's just your action girl. Um, she's sort of the actual Watson of the show in that she is the... Um, she's the point of view character. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um... Then there's also the chief constable whose name I can't remember, and also I'm not particularly a fan of his character because the thing is, is yeah, as, as cool as it is to have him there, the problem comes in the fact that his voice actor is hamming up for a different kind of character entirely. Very different cartoon. Yeah, 
he's the voice actor for this character is more in line with a goofy comedy than with a semi-serious sci-fi show. It feels a lot more... It feels more the trapdoor than it is... Yeah. Since Sherlock Holmes. A bit more Captain Z. Yeah. Something um, big and... Well, not big. Small and slapsticky. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we don't really have much more to say on him. Yeah, about. he he's, doesn't he's, really have much. Nuance. He just kind of sits there. Um, uh, what else is there? Um, oh, there's the Irregulars. Can't, yeah, can't forget about yeah. the Irregulars in this one. It comes Some... in the form of uh, Wiggins, uh, Deirdre, and Tennyson. Yes, the Irregulars in this are also sort of point of view characters, and they they are the kids. Yeah, I mean, because they're, ha- they're honestly the more most interesting characters. You have to have this. the kids and. Um, Wiggins is sort of the leader of them. Mm. Uh, he is an interesting character in that he is... I mean, I, I suppose he's black British, but he has an American accent because it's all set in London. Hmm. Yeah, that's... <laughs> huh. it's, it's the future. Anything it's can It's the happen. future in London. Uh, accents are all over the place because it's London, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. It's also <laughs> London. Uh, London has always been a mishmash of cultures. Uh, But he is a former soccer player turned boxer stroke uh, street urchin? I guess. He gets kind of like an amazing, ridiculous amount of backstory and exposition through his introduction scene with Holmes. And then all of that is never touched on again. Yeah, other than the fact that he is implied to be useful. Yeah. Uh, and his sort of sidekicks are Tennyson, who is a kind of hacker, paraplegic hacker with implied not to have a jaw, I guess. Uh, implied to either not have functioning vocal cords or a mouth, and also implied to have uh, no lower body either. Uh, kind of moves about in a big hover chair and speaks in bloops and bleeps. Which everyone can seemingly understand. It's maybe a little over the top. A little bit, but it's a really neat character despite that. It's very interesting, to say the least. Um, And then you have Deirdre, who is a bit more generic than the others, let's say. Uh, She's the other action girl. She's minor action girl, as opposed to major action girl. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, What else is there? There's Moriarty and... The big bad dude who looks a bit like a zombie. Oh god, I can't remember what his name nope, is. Nope, I can't either. But his voice actor was Go was the guy who was Goku in um, the Saban dub of Dragon Ball Z again. So. Blimey, okay. <laughs> he keeps turning up. Okay, well, why not? Yeah, you know he's got um, nothing better to do. I don't remember any of the voice actors' names for this one. I'm sorry, but I looked them all up, and they were all blatantly cheap voice out- voice work. Yeah, they're not really notable, other than the person who voices Lestrade. Uh, because it's a cartoon that we've previously visited. Well, yeah. I mean, I've, <clears throat> I'm sure most of them have connections to other Deke cartoons because Deke loved their stable of very cheap voice actors that they could just pull in for projects oh, on yeah, mass. Totally. But, uh, yeah, there's nothing really interesting from a uh, a standpoint there. Mm. Ah, well. <laughs> so. But, yeah, yeah, Moriarty's a bit of a non-character. Yeah, he's just kind of, like, implied to be there, but we're not really sure if he is there, 
there or is he there or maybe he's not? He's sort of. Kind of there, maybe, possibly, in the past. <laughs> we see his henchmen a lot more, but, but I mean, he's just... His henchmen who, now that I think about it, reminds me more of... Um, What's his name? Is it literally just Igor from uh, Brain Dead Thirteen? <laughs> but I mean, he's generic henchman. He, uh, despite the fact that he is a genius geneticist, he is just the guy that keeps turning up and antagonizing everyone. Fritz, completely off. It's Fritz. His name is Fritz. Fair enough. There he is. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it all comes together. So there's something that's quite watchable. Yeah, I mean, it gets. A little boring at times, but I mean, the interaction between Sherlock Holmes, like, trying to adjust to the kind of new world that he's in now, which he surprisingly does fairly quickly. Well, they it's like with, um, for some reason it kept giving me, uh, I kept reminding me of Demolition Man right. as a movie, which it has the same concept. Mm-hmm. A detective uh, is woken up uh, when his greatest uh, arch enemy is kind of resurrected in the f- future. I've still not seen that movie and I know the exact person who is listening to this who is going to be like who told me to watch Demolition Man recently hello <laughs> still not seen it uh, it's not the greatest film but it's fun and has this weird well I mean it's a goofy 80s action has movie a that's kind of what we're 90s. looking at well it's in the same kind of collection it has a weird dystopia and an extremely odd sex scene yeah that sounds about right for a bizarre, goofy action movie. It also had an FMV game on the, uh, oh god, I think it was a 3DO, and oof, <laughs> oof, it's bad. It's it's bad. <laughs> but yeah, this is kind of like Demolition Man if it had a better detective and a better world. <laughs> but there's still a lot of Demolition Man in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's. It's nice, it's watchable, it's not unlikable, uh, unlike a lot of the things we watched. It's it's not exactly the best thing we've seen, but no. it is something that you can watch, for sure. It's, it's not a thing that's going to raise complaints every so often. Certainly, it seems that the episodes that are closer based on the original books are better than the ones that are generic. Uh, we've got to track down Fennec. Fennec's his name. Fennec is the henchman. Right. Uh, we've got direct down Fennec and Moriarty again. Fennec's his endless summer album is. I mean, the, the one that was the the adventure of the dancing man. Yeah, that, that was one. a good episode. That was an interesting episode. That was a really good episode a because there was an actual mystery in there, and yeah. it worked, and it was interesting, and it was about. Uh, it wasn't. Im- I mean, it was immediately the person who you expected to be the villain is the villain, but then so were other people, and there was a convoluted reason and uh, hints of a larger um, backstory to the place, like the idea that the moon is both colonized and has a uh, terrorist movement. Th- terrorist separatist movement yeah that was an interesting bit that was and it's yeah okay it's like every episode being... you get like this random interesting little bit of world building going it's on it's just a ni- nice snippets and when hmm. it does that it's far better than when it's just oh no let's chase down moriarty again i think moriarty is probably the weakest thing in this series it's kind of because he's just kind of a big MacGuffin. yeah he doesn't really actually serve any kind of purpose in the TV show. Other than to be the reason for him being 
res- the reason for Sherlock Holmes being resurrected in the first place. Yeah, I mean, he just kind of gets in the way of it. Yeah, I mean, that is ultimately the whole thing about Moriarty. Moriarty wasn't a major Holmes villain until the final problem, right? which is the one where he appears and then dies alongside Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. And to kind of make him this running villain of Sherlock Holmes uh, reduces the fact that Sherlock Holmes is a lot more complex than that. Right, yeah. So, naturally, the ones that have no Moriarty are more fun than the ones that do. <laughs> Alright, let's rank this fucker. Okay, okay. Um, let's see. Um, well, where's... I'm going to say, let's set a base. It's better than Dinosaurs. So it's above seven. Okay, it's definitely better than Dinosaurs, but then so many things are. Mm-hmm. And yet it's in the top half of our <laughs> Yeah, it's list. literally pretty much in the middle of the list. Ooh, this is a, uh, a bottom-heavy list, isn't it? Yes, very much so. Um, I would say that this is probably better than the Care Bears. I don't know. Like, the thing that I liked about the Care Bears so much is that it was this really bizarre corporate cartoon <laughs> that introduced a lot of questionable elements to it itself that really made it a compelling watch because it was like, it was like, oh, these are cute little fluffy friends. They look soft and stuff. And then at the next point, they're brainwashing someone to be nice. Well, that happens in this. Yeah, I guess it does. <laughs> but, I mean, it doesn't have the cute backing to it, which instantly makes the whole brainwashing thing instantly more creepy. When you add a well, that's brainwashing element to a sci-fi kind of setting, that's kind of a given. That's kind of a, oh, well, okay then. Right then. That's, that's but- normal. That happens in every sci-fi But thing. I would argue that this is uh, better on the basis that uh, whilst Care Bears is this weird corporate thing, this is a creator actually somehow managing to get their creation pretty much unfettered by the really corporate process down into the final product. Yeah, but I, I'll, I'll agree with you there. This one doesn't feel like... It, it feels like a bit of a labour of love, in a sense. Yeah, but it not, feels like it hmm. wasn't torn apart by trying to fit these ideas into a children's series in the same way as a lot of other things do. Yeah, it does have this kind of overarching feel of we were allowed to do whatever the fuck we wanted. (laughs) This is what we wanted to do and this is how it turned out a cyberpunk future in which Sherlock Holmes is... uh, Yeah, okay. I'll give you that. Yeah, alright. It's better than Care Bears. Let's let's say Uh, that. What's above Care Bears? Uh, Ulysses 31. That one's up to you. Would you say this was better than Ulysses? Is it up to me though? Hmm. Well, where's you? What did you? What? Where did you stand on Ulysses? I really like Ulysses, but I'm have nostalgia for Ulysses. Right. Okay. And so uh, I'm not directly the best judge when it comes to Ulysses. Right. Okay. Uh, It's kind of why I'm here to begin with because I rarely have nostalgia for any of these. Exactly. A nice leverage, but I mean, um. Well, hmm. let's simplify this. Where's your ceiling? What's it not better than? <laughs> I have no clue. Um, where's Wally is the ultimate ceiling, uh, I think. Yeah, where's Wally? It's definitely not better than. I, don't, I think I don't. I honestly, considering the list that we have, what what other things we have to go through, I legitimately don't think anything's going to beat Where's Wally. <laughs> legitimately. I um, do love Where's Wally. That is I think something cartoon. might be Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. Is it better than Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog? It's not better than no, Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. No, it's not. Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog is such a fun romp. Yeah. Um, very watchable. Legend of Samoti. 
I think that it's... was a really cool little vignette. Yeah, in my opinion. But I don't think it's better than Sam Oti. Mm. I think Sam Oti was just overall well thought out and better produced, and that's why it's four episodes long. Okay, so does it go above or below Ulysses? Mm. I'm going to put that up to you. See, on the one hand, Ulysses is this really cool, kind of like late 70s, early 80s kind of anime aesthetic, yeah, which I really this adore. Cool, weird French anime. Yeah. On the other hand, it was an incredibly slow burn. Yeah. Uh, almost glacial in uh, how slow it was. But both of them represent something that very is cool. very yeah. cool and very realised and very of their time. Hmm. I'm going to say it goes underneath Ulysses. Okay. I'm going to say it goes at number five. In at number five, uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century. Indeed. Uh, th- th- I think the thing that pushed it along for me was the fact that Ulysses is this, like, as much as it is a slow burn, it is literally just... Like a massive odyssey, as it's meant yeah, to be. it's a grand space opera. Yeah, and I think that, personally, is fascinating. That entire thing was even made and seen through to the end. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's kind of what pushed it for me. And it's gorgeous in a time before... Yeah, it's fucking before beautiful. Renders. Um, yeah. So there we go. And there we go. So, yes, we have been the Deke Geeks. Uh, As usual, you can find us on our RSS feed at mostlykobolds.com. That's mostlykobolds.com. Or on Apple Podcasts or generally through any podcasting application because they all search Apple Podcasts these days. Uh, Please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts as that helps others find the show. And on next episode, we regret to inform you that Hulkamania will run wild. (laughs) 